This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Kiss her, her, Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Kiss her, her, What will be, will be. Welcome back to You Should Watch, a TV recap podcast. I'm Joe Lipset. I'm joined by Sheree Bohannon. Hey, Joe. Hey. How's hey, it going? <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking about from season two, episode two, The Kindness of Strangers and Sheree. You called it. This was 100% the second part of a two-part opener. <laughs> right? And it... I, I, okay, so I understand on one level as a network, if you're like, what else are we going to do? We need an extra week. But mm-hmm. if you let people write a two-parter, you have to honor that and give us a two-part ride. Yeah, and I feel like we maybe should have known because, you know, uh, John Griffin is the showrunner and he writes most of the episodes, but like both of these episodes were directed by Lost director Jack Bender. So like there was something in the water where it seemed very obvious that they were looking at these two. You even said the two titles of the episodes are almost identical, right? Strangers in a Strange Land and then The Kindness of Strangers. Yeah, and I'm just like, just you've earned a two-parter because again, like Mm -hmm. this is is the show on that app that I'm aware of and I'm sure they have some lovely things but like when I get together with them it's so I can watch from mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I will take a two-part episode I would have lived my best life and but we stay, play these shenanigans instead yeah yeah the wait between episodes is a long time particularly when you're asking people to literally remember hey this is a direct continuation of the last episode which is all one night right and there's just so many moving pieces and parts. Like, I when I watched this episode the second time, I realized we do not check in on Colony House at all. <laughs> yeah, Ethan is not in the picture. Uh, the fat woman with the eye injury, not in the picture. The only reason Christy is in here is because she and Donna went down to the diner along with Kenny. So it's like we're just spending all of our time with Boyd, with Tabitha, with Victor, and then all of the, (laughs) to use your favorite word, shenanigans going on in this diner. So many shenanigans. All the shenanigans. It was wholesale (laughs) shenanigans. And I'm just like, what is happening? There was a fire sale at the shenanigans warehouse, and every character on this store (laughs) stopped by to fill up their car. Uh, okay so where shall we begin maybe the least interesting story which is jim trapped under the house with we called him vesta guy or jacket guy last week we learned that his name is burke but it doesn't matter because he's dead and also he got ted the bartender killed which i'm sad about because this town needs a bartender and and a gay bartender at that let's be real Listen, um, it also showed me that I misspoke because so much was happening last week. I thought AJ Simmons' character was under the house. He mm-hmm. was not. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. I just misspoke. I called him Ted and he's clearly Tom in my notes. <laughs> you know uh, what? Character names are a struggle on this show. You and I were lamenting this. We don't have uh, closed captions for the screeners that we're watching this off of. And that's a huge problem. 
It is. And I feel bad because I, I understand part of my problem is that I am basic and I'm a bad <laughs> listener. But mm-hmm. there's people who actually need the closed captions to review things. And if I'm struggling with my basic needs, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I can only imagine. And so I don't know for whom we haven't made those accessible yet. Oh, boy. Yeah, it, it takes a village, apparently, to recap this show, by which I mean you and I, because we had to compare notes and be like, all right, Martin is the guy who's chained up. And I think it's Kayla. No, Kelly is one of the two stupid people who opened the door to the ghouls. And it's like, okay, it, it would just be so much easier if characters when they're introduced are like, hello, my name is Tom. I am the gay bartender. <laughs> I'm going to say my name five more times so everybody knows who I am. I need Jay to just make everybody wear name tags because he's Mm -hmm. that person anyway. So why don't you just make them wear name tags? (laughs) (laughs) Do it for us. Do it for Jade. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So were you surprised by anything that goes down on Jim and apparently Burke and apparently Tom? I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, when Tom got it, I, because mm-hmm. I was in the fence about him, we knew the jean jacket da- dude was gone. We knew oh, he sure. was dead the second mm-hmm. he got off the bus. I was like, oh, baby. Oh, but mm-hmm. I was like, not the bartender. Right. <laughs> the only surprise was that the ghouls don't actually get Burke, jean jacket guy. He actually dies of his injuries, which is what I thought we might be leading up to with Jim. But of course, then we're we're gonna get some kind of I, what did you call it? Uh, narrative plot. armor or oh, yeah. plot armor? <laughs> that plot armor. He had him. It held him all night because. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I was. I'm not gonna lie. Under the house stressed me out because they wouldn't mm-hmm. stop talking. Right. And I was like, these creatures are out. You need to hush. And I get you want to keep him calm, but also like shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I ended up liking it, because Burke not only didn't understand how much danger he was in, but also he was actively dying. So he could not stay quiet, and that amped up the tension for me. Whereas Tabitha and Victor hanging out in his, like, truck trailer thing that we have never seen before, but apparently he's decked out with all sorts of decorations, they're just full-on having a conversation. And I was like, maybe shut the fuck up until morning. That pissed me off. And also when Boyd showed up and they left the door open while talking about the talisman he had. And I'm like, (laughs) y'all know it's night. And you shut that fucking door right now. Right. I was like, you're all acting like this is your first day here and I need you to do better. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But Elgin makes it to Boyd because we we knew that it needed to happen. And Mm -hmm. they save him, which I'm happy about because I want him to last a couple episodes. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm still definitely intrigued by Elgin. We don't learn anything new about him because this is still the same night and he barely shows up in this episode. So uh, just please hit repeat on my request from last episode where I said, I want to know what his deal is. Yes, yes. And I'm hoping after this two-parter is wrapped, finally now, uh, <laughs> we can get into that because... We have to address that these people on the bus now know the score. They can't play these, like, idiots anymore. Like, um, AJ Cummings' character, who was going to try and drag Kenny outside. And they were all like, we'd rather you just go ahead and execute Kenny right now than go Kenny outside and get us all killed in the process. Like... (laughs) So I feel like this was literally John Griffin listening in on our thoughts, because we talk about how we're so afraid for Kenny all the time, and how Donna is a badass. And this scene encapsulates both of those things perfectly. Yes, because at the end of the day, 
neither did anything wrong. But also, if it came down to it, I'm so sorry, Kenny, and I love you. But, mm-hmm. like, we are no, not opening the door. Him. You can't open that fucking door. Listen, I would have shot Kenny myself before I opened the door. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I... Yeah, again, we can hear what's going on, and this guy is just like, I gotta have this macho moment because I can't listen to testosterone. Because there's always one. There's <laughs> always one. And he's like, it me! <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I will give it to these people because Donna and Kenny spent a bunch of time talking about their strategy. Like, remember when they welcomed everybody at Colony House and said, here's the score, they sit you down, they ease you into it, people laugh, people have different kinds of reactions, and then they walk you through it. And I understand we did not have the luxury of time we needed to get anybody we were going to rescue into the diner and shut them the fuck up. But at the same time, I do feel like Donna and Kenny approached this the wrong way because these people were so confused. Of course they were going to plan to try to get the fuck out of there. I, I'm torn because once they got them in, Donna did give them the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, you saw that tree. You're stuck here in hell with us. We're sorry about it. But like in the daylight, we can all wander around and fill your fields. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is like, okay, I'm good to be a victim and just be scared. But this guy was like, <laughs> I've seen Die Hard. I'm a hero. <laughs> right? And I'm so happy they hit him. And I wish they hit him a couple more times. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I was with him until they were like, do you? hear the screaming out there and he was acting like jade like this is not a community theater performance people are dying out there you don't need to go out there right you can hear them screaming and you see the daughter who won't stop screaming in the corner because they just decided to let julie just like lose her shit every five seconds now (sighs) she okay so this is the second someone chloroform her (laughs) right she's like let's just throw the door open my dad's out there like so you can also be an appetizer for whomst like Mm -hmm. for what and so she's she's been not my favorite um, all season so far, which is two episodes. I'm hoping mm-hmm. they fix that. But the one that hurt me the most, the, oh. the one I felt most portrayed by was okay. Fatima, who was like, no, oh. I'm going to yell at them. <laughs> I was like, girl, get in the house. Get in the, get in the building. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm not sure flipping the bird at them is really going to have the impact that you're hoping for. At the same time, I can understand her frustrations. It was... The show was especially mean-spirited to show how close that couple was to where they were hiding. It was maybe 10 feet, and you're just thinking, ooh, they almost could have saved those people, but those people did not fucking move. So, you know what? Appetizers. Listen, listen, this is the same setup we had when we lost the town priest not even two mm-hmm. days ago. And so when we got to them, and she's just outside in the dark yelling, and Ellis is like, what are you doing? We have to get in. Mm-hmm. They will figure it out, or they will be appetizers. And she's like, no, we can do something. I'm like, girl, yeah, you girl. You tried. You tried. You chased people in the dark, and then those things rounded the corner. That's when it's time to go in, turn off the lights, and call it a night. Listen, I wouldn't have ran after them. I don't believe in running, first off. And so, (laughs) already a hero. But she's like, let me risk both of our lives again. He's got one arm. He's still recouping from the last time shenanigans happened. (laughs) You're like, risk it all. And no. I don't know if there's more here and we haven't gotten it from her or what. But like, this is not my girl because she's been smart. She's been on it. Um... She's got the weed, but like, (laughs) she's a reliable source. And I'm just like, this is not you. This is character assassination. Please go back in. 
Yeah, I don't know who it would have been a better fit for. Like, maybe if Julie had been with Ellis and she was concerned about her dad and she saw somebody out there in the dark that she thought she could rescue, that would have been in keeping with what we've seen of her. You're right, though. This doesn't feel like Fatima. Right? And that's my that's my issue with these two episodes is that we we've introduced these women who are capable and they like are doing the things. And now we're like new season. Now take it back. Except for Donna. Donna's the only one that's constant from Mm -hmm. the ladies. And I don't know if the writers are trying to give us something that we I'm not understanding yet (laughs) or if they were just like this needs to happen. And unfortunately, this is who it is and people will forgive us. Well, I'll admit I was even frustrated with Kenny because I recognize that it works narratively to up the conflict by having Slasher Dude steal his gun, but it also seemed like such a, forgive me, rookie mistake. Like, I don't for a minute believe that Kenny would be caught off guard like that. I don't either, and maybe they're hinting that he's not ready to be sheriff if Boyd doesn't come back, but there's other ways. I mean, I feel like we already knew that fact. He's like 13. I <laughs> Such a baby. Right? I'm, I'm an adult and I would not want to be sheriff in this town. So like, yeah. I, I get it. You don't like have to do this. what's next? Are we going to deputize Julie? Oh, God. We would all be dead. Like <laughs> Everybody's dead just immediately first night. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, no, that random dog from the woods is running to town. Let's save him. And everybody's gone. Like, <laughs> Quick, rescue Gus. <laughs> so speaking of gus uh we do have some more boyd stuff he yes manages to get out of wherever he was and get back to tabitha and victor but i i want to talk about what happens here with martin the chained up marine because sheree this was the most delectable mystery of this episode for me Yes, like I, I'm happy they picked up um, with whatever's going on there. Because mm-hmm. ever since boy went into the woods, like things have not been right and things have right. been weird. And so when like when Martin did the call back to what Abby said, and boy was like, how'd you know that? That mm-hmm. should have been the end of trying to get him off the wall. But because this is Boyd's character, Boyd has to save and fix anything and everything Always. he sees. Hero complex. Right? And I'm just like, Boyd, you can't do this. You're the Mm -hmm. only, like, law this town has. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was so fascinating. Not just because we got a better look. Like, I don't know what this space was. And when he kind of gets regurgitated out, I couldn't figure out if he was in the lighthouse or if this was just some other, you know, we kept calling it a well or some kind of tunnel. Anyway, doesn't matter. There were other bodies who had been chained to the wall like these were sacrificial people who had had to, I don't know, assume some kind of role or take on a mantle of something. And clearly Martin ends up passing this thing to Boyd when he doesn't get out before the music box stops, which I loved. I love that you've got to get out before the music stops. And (laughs) Boyd, of course, doesn't listen. And then he ends up getting infected by these like sluggy things under your skin. When he started hitting him in the arm, like, what is he doing? Like, oh, no, there's blood. He's stabbing him. And then he was like, my blood is your blood now. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck does that mean? And we now have creatures living under Boyd's skin like we did in Martin's. And I don't mm-hmm. like it because they look like worms. And that's gross. <laughs> well, it just makes me wonder. I mean, we've always talked about Boyd as, at bare minimum, one of multiple protagonists that are leading the show. I think 
that's probably being unfair. Like, Harold Perrineau is the lead of this show. Mm -hmm. So I still don't think they're going to kill him, but I do think that this is going to earmark him as something special, or he's going to have a, a more important role in some part of this mythology now. Same. I'm also wondering if this is going to cure... Was did he have Parkinson's? What was it? He oh, Yeah, I, I don't remember if he ever explicitly said what it is, but it looked like Parkinson's. And so I'm wondering if this is how we get out of that, as well as like propelling whatever it needs to be forward. Because I also wondered, but does this mean that he's gonna be cured of that so that he can end up chained on this wall for how many years? Right? And also chained to the wall, but also knowing what goes on in the town, which is mm -hmm. bizarre because it's so removed and it's, or it's in a different reality or I don't know, because again, we, we know nothing. We no. know nothing and we drink. Nothing. That's. <laughs> we still don't even know how Martin threw that rope down to him. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this show is just speculation and you and I spinning off into another reality. It could all be right or it could all be wrong, but like we won't know until it's over. Um. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, so do we care to talk about what goes on with Tabitha and Victor? I feel like we didn't really, I didn't personally get anything out of their interactions. All I learned is that Victor has a space where he keeps expired chocolate. And he didn't put a talisman in there, which is weird, because again, mm -hmm. if you're going to that space so often, um, wouldn't you safeguard it? But maybe only during the day, because I do get the impression there's only, there's a finite number of talismans, and I guess if they want to make sure that the town remains robust, they gotta make sure that they can give enough of them to the people who live there. Okay, I'll allow that. Um, because Boyd does keep one on his person, <laughs> which is smart. <laughs> um, and <laughs> well, so he took I, it from his own house when he was going on his walkabout thing. That's fair. Because, like, the police station still had one, which is what Ellis was like, right. hey, when you get back in here. They got and fucking Fatima lucky was like, with that. Yeah. <laughs> they got so lucky. Because what if that had been the one Boyd taken? What if that had mm -hmm. been the one? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, why we're why we're parked on things that could and should happen i i really love what we're doing with the monsters this year because this mm -hmm. episode we got to see them like fully monster out and right. that's sexier than like just a bite here and then a disappearance mm, i agree although i was happy to see smiley guy who i feel like we haven't seen him in a while but he to me is the creepiest like the actor who does this role is the most adept at this performance for me, and I love seeing him. So, the guy who gets on the bus and eats yes. the old couple. Ooh, yes. also, I think he skinned the old man. Same, same, because when the bus driver gets on later, I'm just like, girl, you see all this blood, you see all these bodies, why are you going over here just to get in the POV shot? Like, you have no real reason. Uh, yeah, so speaking of the bus driver, I think her last name is Bacta. What did we make of this character? Do we like her more? Do we like her less this episode? I think this is just her in between because mm -hmm. she was not a believer and was in the way in the right. first episode. And now she has to believe. And so I'm excited to see if she'll be useful or if she's going to be like, nah, I'm hiding. Bye. <laughs> yeah, getting back on the coach and seeing what had happened to the two old people should definitely be a, okay, you know what? Yeah, now I believe moment. Yeah, like, I don't need any more proof. I'm seeing people's insides. But, like, <laughs> also, 
for some reason it clicked and it's something so damned obvious, but it clicked this episode that these creatures are opening people up to eat some organ, but I don't know what organ. Yeah, because when we saw what was left of Tom's body, it looked like he had also been kind of hollowed out. Yeah. And I, again, it's something that I've been looking at the whole series, but for whatever reason, this time I was like, they're taking something from the inside. They're not eating all of it. They're not drinking blood Mm because that would have been the quickest thing. It'd be like, it's not Salem's Lot, but it is Salem's Lot. They are, they are opening people up like lobsters and taking out (laughs) (laughs) an organ or two. (laughs) (laughs) Mmm, lobster people. (laughs) Dip them in butter. Ooh, <laughs> I wonder what the monster secret sauce is. Um. <laughs> uh, that's season three mystery right there. I'm ready. I, <laughs> but like whatever the organs are, I want to know because those are different mythologies. If we're dealing with a monster that we're familiar with, and I am also taking back that people might be from different timelines from the art okay. cast of survivors. But these monsters are imitating people from a different era for a specific reason. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because we definitely have caught glimpses of the old timey milkman Mm -hmm. throughout season one. But we see him again in the woods when Boyd is seemingly immune now. Like they didn't come after him, even though he was out in the open. So me thinks that whatever Martin did to him has changed the biological chemistry in his body and or the creatures look at him and say one of us one of us which makes sense because the way victor was looking at him and victor again knows stuff when it's convenient Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um i'm just like what's gonna happen to boyd (sighs) yeah and even victor doing the drawing because he thinks it's important to remember things and i was just like okay Maybe spell it out for us a little bit more. Listen, this show needs to explain it to me like I'm five, because... (laughs) (laughs) Or explain one thing to us every couple of episodes. You know, just one. Just give us one tiny little answer. (laughs) (laughs) Not usually this demanding when it comes to mysteries, but I feel like the show just gives us mystery on mystery on mystery. It's like three mysteries wearing a hat and a trench coat. Yes. (laughs) Yes, they walk into a bar and find out the bartender's been ripped apart. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so we got one other character that we have not talked about. We find out that Christy's girlfriend is named Mary. So we find out that uh, Christy has been gone for six months, which is long enough for Mary and Christy's parents to declare her dead. But apparently they were only two hours away and Mary is again like i get this is the person you're in love with and it seems like they're two hours away but also Mm -hmm. supernatural things are happening so you have to wonder if that factors into why they've been away (laughs) i'm surprised that christy didn't push it a little harder i think we'll see more of this in the next episode now that the immediate threat has passed but i honestly thought christy was going to say look i didn't fucking leave you i've been trapped here i will explain more later same same and also mary's reaction makes me wonder if she's finally moved on and so Mm. is one of the bus people we didn't meet because we didn't meet some of them um mary's new person and if so will they be doing double dates with chrissy and kenny (laughs) (laughs) you know what and and fatima and ellis can get in there as well (laughs) 
listen, just mix it up. All the young folks. <laughs> Open it up. Open it up. Except Julie. Nobody wants Julie. Nobody. No. no. Never Julie. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So that was an eventful episode. I do feel like it made the first episode of the season stronger because they work as a pairing. But I'm curious, did it change any of your perspectives? It just, as usual, made me second guess all of my thoughts and theories. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's every episode. It's like, you might have thought you knew something, but you don't. <laughs> but you don't. We fucking got you again. Right? And I'm just like, stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel stupid? Didn't. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly about the show. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Let's go with that. No, because it's good writing. And so it's like, I don't know what's going on. I can't figure it out. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kudos to the creative team for keeping us guessing and finding new ways to make this interesting because it could be very easy. Like, I think that's why we were so frustrated with Fatima's scenes, because it feels like this is something that we've seen a bunch of times and we expect more from these characters. Yes, I I think that this bus of people is the right call because mm-hmm. we can stop doing character assassination on people we know who are smarter <laughs> than this and have survived this and put yep. it on the new people because like, there we, go. we don't know their names anyways. <laughs> no, we, yeah. we still literally cannot figure out what's his name, AJ, his yeah. show character. We have no idea. I, it's literally just slasher guy, slasher guy, slasher guy. <laughs> the first piece of information we get next episode so i know who i'm hating specifically (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. uh okay speaking of next episode do you have any predictions for episode three i'm actually excited to see how they do this when there is no actual colony house but there kind of is a colony house because that was a choice that the matthews and jade had to make but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people and i don't know if we have this many we just lost a house too and so i don't know where they're all gonna sleep (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. I realized when I was editing last week's episode that we barely touched on just how fucking good it looked when that house just fell in on itself. Such, such good production design. It was art. And I, again, I love that that happened in this first episode because that was the first house we saw shit go down in the first season Mm -hmm. when the girl opened the window. And it's a very powerful exit for that space. (laughs) It's true. I was ready to let it go. You know what? We had defaced all the walls and created a giant hole in the basement. So I I was iffy on the foundation of that one anyway. Especially because, as um, Victor said, that's where they sleep in that basement. And so I Mm -hmm. wouldn't sleep in that house with a giant hole leading to them. I'm not a refrigerator. Mm No, no. Uh, I'd be sleeping... Either in the bar or the police station. Oh, 100% the bar. Because we'd be drinking while we right, were going to sleep at 2 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And and now there's an opening because ripped dumb. I've bartended before. Um, and I have not, but I'm willing to get my smart serve. Listen, worst case scenario, we're the only bar in town. So they're going to take it. Look. It's true. <laughs> also, it's free alcohol. Who, who's going to complain? Who's a manager? Exactly. It's barely alcohol. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think we're going to get more stuff with Mary and Christy mm-hmm. as people begin to process. I would like to get more information out of Elgin. I need him to spill the beans about how or why he knows his town. Um, 
Yeah, I think we're going to have to do some reuniting stuff with Tabitha and Jim and Julie. And I guess Ethan is there somewhere, but yeah. who could care? Also, that old lady's getting a lot of screen time. Right. Yes. She doesn't have a character name, but the actress is Deborah Grover. I think that she is future appetizer. Probably. Because she's so happy. And she's just like, let me make tea for everybody because I'm done dancing. And I'm like, oh, you're too sweet mm-hmm. to be here. She's a liability. I actually thought she was going to try to drug someone with the tea so she could sneak out. I could see that because I definitely get the she's got a stash vibe from her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a stash of what? We'll find out. Um, exactly. Maybe she's Conley House material if they rebuild. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> I think they'll have to. They don't have anywhere to put all these people. Which concerns me because it did not work out last time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just board up all the fucking windows so that there's only one way for people to get in and out of the house. The front door and then have a guard. Yes. Yes. <sighs> okay. Well, Sheree, if people want to talk to you about the second part of this two-part opener, <laughs> how would they get in touch? You can find me at Miss Sheree on Instagram and Twitter, and I am ready to talk about all of these shenanigans. Amazing. <laughs> Where can they find you, Joe? I am at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. We'll give a quick thanks to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. But Trey, if they want to get in touch with both of us, we've got a little show handle, don't we? Yes, we do, because we're living on that Twitter. You Ooh. can <laughs> you can find us <laughs> at you should underscore watch. Yeah, because some asshole stole the handle we would have really wanted, and apparently if you add pod to it, it makes it more than 15 characters, so uh, good times on the old bird app. That app is going to be the death of me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the monsters who want to get inside, it's the bird app. It's the jade of the apps, really. (laughs) Oh, ooh, touche, ma'am. Touche. Scream Pod Squad.